What should be the Christian response to homosexuality? That's a series of podcasts we're going to begin today. You don't want to miss it. There are probably few subjects that reveal the church's lack of understanding of sin and redemption as much as this particular subject of homosexuality. Uh, We're going to go through several podcasts. I pray that you listen to them in order, in order to see what we're saying and what we are not saying. But we need to regain the voice of redemption to those who are trapped or struggling with homosexuality. And so we're going to discuss that. We're going to look at several avenues. We're going to unpack them, unfold them. Of course, it can't be comprehensive, but it will be enough for us to hang our hat on and to understand our call. If we've given our life to Jesus Christ, we understand at the core of the message our need for a Savior. We understand that uh, we needed to cry out to the Lord for forgiveness of sins and for healing. But that's not the whole picture. It also includes what is generally called sanctification, and that involves how do we walk with the Lord after we are saved? Can we expect or do we have struggles with the old man or the flesh or sin or temptation after we become a Christian? And of course, anyone that's honest to themselves and honest concerning their walk would have to answer that with a definitive yes. We still face those types of struggles. We do become a new creature in Christ, but we still face the pull and the draw and the inclinations of the old man. So we're going to begin looking at at several things related to homosexuality. Uh, We're going to unpack some things and then put them all back together so that we can develop how should we as Christians respond to friends, loved ones, a community who may be struggling with this issue and yet crying out saying, what can I do? The church, for the most part, has lost their voice to the homosexual community because we've been hypocrites. We have failed to judge immorality within our own ranks because that immorality may have been just adultery or or fornication between a man and a a woman. Um, It could be everything from pornography to um, alcoholism, drugs, and yet somehow when somebody comes along struggling with homosexuality, we put them in an unreachable category and we have a tendency to blast them and reject them because it may be a particular sin that is, it may be repugnant to us. It may be so distant from anything we can comprehend, but our sin may be the same to someone else. And I heard said one time, I don't know the source of it. I'm, I'm not sure, but I heard it from my son. He said, just because a person's sin is different from ours doesn't mean ours is any better than theirs. And I think that sums up um, the heart of the issue in that area, in that arena. But in this, in this first part on homosexuality, a Christian's response, we want to, we want to first look at the fall of man. Now, it seems like, well, we all know about the fall of man. I, I don't think we really do. In Genesis 2.17, we see the Lord told Adam that in the day that he ate of the tree, that he would fall, that death would enter. Uh, he would die. Now, we know he didn't physically die that day, even though he did die within a day of the Lord, a thousand years. But 
In Romans 5, Paul unpacks this a little bit and talks about how death entered the world, the death of man. It entered the world through Adam's sin. And so when Adam sinned, something shifted in the heart of man. Man became separated from God, and he became what I like to call a broken vessel. Now here's the part that I think sometimes we miss. All of humanity, if you lump together all of humanity, whether they appear to be good according to the mores of society or whether they appear to be evil and contrary and rebellious to the mores of society, every man, if you put them in a box, you could label it broken. Every man is broken. Every man needs a redeemer. Every man has his own issues that he must face. Now, in Romans 3, 10 through 12, the, the Lord, and you most know these verses, but I'll just quote part of them, says, There's none good, no, not one. And what Paul is unfolding from Old Testament scriptures, from the Psalms, is that every man, there's no good man, and every man is radically depraved. And I'm not saying there's not anything good that God wanted to redeem, which was the image of God that's in man. But there's nothing in and of man that can merit the righteousness of God, that deserves the mercy of God, that deserves the grace of God, or that in and of itself can redeem that man. He's broken. He's broken without remedy other than through Christ. King David put it this way in Psalms 51. Uh, verse 5, I believe it is. He said, In sin hath my mother conceived me. Now, he was not talking about the act of procreation or intimacy, but he was talking about that sin passed down to him at the moment of conception. Now, a lot of times we look at little children or we think of a, a mother carrying a child and we think of that precious, innocent thing. But according to the Scripture, the guilt of sin is already there. We are born in sin, in original sin. We're legally without God, and we need redemption. And then personal sin comes later as a person grows up and uh, uh, their conscience begins to operate and they personally know right from wrong. But man is born in sin, and so what this means, simply put, is that we are all broken. Now, how deep is this brokenness? This brokenness is so deep that it affects man mentally, psychologically, physically, spiritually, genetically, emotionally, and even volitionally. Man is undone. He's broken. And so when you see a child born, say a child born without legs, and somebody says, well, God made him that way. No, he didn't. Uh, God's, that's a result of the fallenness, the brokenness of humanity, or a child is born uh, mentally challenged, retarded. God did not make that child that way. That's a result of sin. If sin had not have entered the world, that child would not be like that. Now, we think about those physical things, but what about the spiritual things? What about when someone's born and, and they're drawn to steal? That's their inclination, and there's something that just drives them to steal. I know you can get into uh, demonic and spiritual issues, but just think about this for a moment. They have an inclination and a pull to steal, or someone else has an inclination to obsessive uh, immorality, just one, a one-night stand after another, and they just go from sexual partner to sexual partner, or they are addicted to pornography, or they are addicted to 
um, alcoholism or they're addicted to drugs and they have an addictive personality. And we all have an addictive personality in some direction. It could be shoes. It could be houses. It could be cars. It could be clothes. Anything that man seeks to find an identity and to be known for outside of Christ is a form of addiction. Um, men, men have idols in their life not because they say, hey, I need an idol, but because they're trying to fulfill a void that's down in the heart of every man. And only God can fill that void. Only the Lord can fill that void. So men are broken in different ways. Some men are broken where they can't stop cursing. Some men are broken where they can't stop drinking. Some men are broken where they can't stop having adulterous affairs. And some men and women are broken towards same-sex attraction, as John Piper calls it. Is that an attraction that could be in the brokenness that someone's born in? So you're not saying, well, they were born, they were born an adulterer. No, no. Uh, that, is a, that is an effect of the fall of man. That's an effect of sin. They were born a homosexual. No, that's an effect of fall. Now, they may have that inclination that's part of their brokenness, but you can't lay that desire at the feet of God because the fall of man says this. Man is undone. He's not good. No, not one. Now, when we understand this, then the church will begin to recapture a message of hope and redemption to a community that needs redemption just as bad as those of us who fought and wrestled with immorality in different areas. Homosexuality, we will see in the next, broad, in the next couple of broadcasts, it, it is an immorality, but it's an immorality just like other types of fornication. It's an immorality uh, just like uh, drunkenness. It's an immorality just like stealing. It's an immorality just like murder and hatred. And we don't need to tag it in some category that makes those that wrestle with that particular inclination to feel like there's no hope. So what does the fall of man say? It says this. Every one of us are broken. Every one of us need a Redeemer. God extends His love and His grace and His mercy to every one of us. Let that be our message, and it will offer hope instead of condemnation. It will offer life instead of castigation. It will offer eternity instead of destruction. We'll continue this on the next podcast. We're out of time. God bless. <laughs>